good news on This Week in Hive. We like hearing news, new news, stuff that hasn't been mentioned or updates. That's what this show is for, for us to share what is taking place within the blockchain that a lot of us utilize. And I'm of the belief and part of the reason for this show is it's impossible for any of us to keep up with everything. Now, since Nifty is holding off on his news, which is fine, there was a couple questions in the threadcast for the Cryptomaniac show. And I want to throw this out. And if you do have some information and you don't want to come on air, at least throw it in the threadcast. But a couple questions were pertaining to Hartford on I. I have not heard any information, updates about the hard fork, when it's taking place, what it's going to include. So does anybody have any information on that? Did anybody see anything? I haven't been on the developer call, the YouTube call that they put out. I haven't been on that in a couple of months. I haven't checked or noticed Block Trades account. Usually he'll post something when it's happening. So does anybody have any information with that? If so, that might be of help. Or we're just- I, haven't, I haven't seen anything come out. Uh, I have been kind of disconnected the past couple of days uh, dealing with some work stuff. But no, I haven't seen anything come out. i got a new heart for it. Um, of course, when it does come up, we'll be, uh, we'll be upgrading our witness note and all that. But uh, until then, I, I I haven't seen any kind of announcement. Maybe something being talked about, but I don't I don't think anything official. Yeah, and um, you mentioned witness node. What mi- witness node is that? So uh, we have the Hive uh, Town Hall witness node. It's uh, Town Dash Hall is the account name, and it is a uh, Hive witness node that. Uh, we launched, and I say we, I mean me, Taskmaster, um, a Nomad Soul, and John G. Olson. Um, we launched this community-based witness node, and you know, there's a, there's a lot more to it than just the the node. But we are, uh, I think, we're at number 32 uh, on the on the witnesses list. So if you have a spare vote, go ahead and throw it our way. That would be appreciated. Um, we're trying to provide infrastructure for a lot of different uh, things things happening on Hive, and one of those is um, VSC, uh, which there was an update yesterday from uh, from Voltec on the uh, timeline for switching from the DevNet to a to a live testnet environment. So uh, I'll be having to work on that pretty soon. I think it's going to be within the next month, maybe two months. Uh, it says three to four weeks, but you know how developing goes. So once that starts rolling out, I'll get the um, node migrated over to a testnet node, and we'll be uh, providing infrastructure for the actual testing of VSC and not just, you know, the the super hardcore uh, dev level stuff. Yeah, that's great uh, to have some 
community initiative to get involved with infrastructure, as we've discussed numerous times, is very important and I think a benefit to the entire community that A, it helps to decentralize stuff and B, it helps to give people avenues or, or pathways of communication, of information, of education. And I think that's one of the things lacking on Hive is there is that disconnect in many ways. Um, Nifty, if you would care to give a quick synopsis, what is VSC and what is that testnet? And if it goes live in the next month, two months, whatever you just forecast, by running this node, what is taking place and, and what are we doing? So I'll keep it a uh, very non-technical because that's kind of my angle. I'm not a developer. So in simple terms, VSC uh, is a smart contract layer for the Hive blockchain that's going to allow um, more complex transactions, similar to what you know some of the stuff you can do on Ethereum. You know, we have Hive Engine right now, but it's it's kind of centralized and. Um, there just really needs to be a decentralized alternative and VSC is going to provide that um, along with the ability to wrap tokens like Bitcoin onto the, onto the chain and, and things like that. So it's going to open up Hive to be, um, it's going to open up Hive to be more accessible to people that want to build apps and things like that um, and bridges to different blockchain ecosystems and, you know, uh, different things like that. So, in terms of the test net, so basically, and, and for anybody that doesn't know, a test net is basically a copy of the, um, it's a copy of the environment for testing. So you're not doing real transactions on an unstable network. Um, you're using test funds that don't have any value or anything tied to them. Um, so by running a testnet node, we'll be actually basically a witness for that um, for that testnet to process transactions, block, produce blocks, uh, execute smart contracts um, for on-chain and off-chain transactions. So yeah, VSC is going to open up Hive to a whole new world of of development capabilities, and um, super excited about it. Excellent. Sorry, my phone was a little slow in reacting there. Uh, yeah, so VSC, as I've said in past episodes, is one of my favorite projects, especially when it pertains to infrastructure, because I think it fills a major hole in the Hive infrastructure system, which is smart contracts. I think once this is live, we will have the ability to attract developers and people who are interested in building applications, building projects on Hive. And we can truly then market the benefits of Hive technology to the people who are interested, developers, and separate ourselves from the masses. So, Nifty, thank you for updating us on that. And... As he said, 
the witness node is at town dash hall. And if you have an unused witness vote, we would appreciate if you gave us some consideration. <clears throat> Next topic. This was a big week for the Leo people, for the Lions. The, what's today, Friday? On Tuesday, the smart contract, which I presume is housed on BSC, went and made its first purchase using the ad revenue. And it went out and bought Leo on the open market. I believe it got just over 6,700 Leo. I think it 6725 or something like that, which I don't know what the purchase price was, but I rounded it off and figured it's about $250 USD that was used to purchase the Leo. That was the amount of ad revenue that was paid on Monday, which covered the previous week. And I don't know if that was six or seven days worth of, of ad revenue. But either way, this gives us some type of barometer as to where things stand with this program. And one of the big advantages, I think, to Leo incorporating this is what is going to be done with these tokens. Most projects get involved in token burn because they think for some reason token burns are the route to higher prices. When actually the route to higher prices is building, expansion, growth, valuation. And I use the stock market as an example. Usually companies that do reverse splits are companies that are dying. Companies that do stock splits, i.e. increasing the number of shares are companies that are growing. Now, I do understand that there are stock buybacks and stuff like that, but I will tell you, Wall Street loves stock splits a lot more than when companies announce stock buybacks because all of a sudden somebody has 100 shares of a stock at, let's say, $50. Well, then you have 200 shares at $25. So you have the same amount of shares, but obviously then every dollar move in the stock, you have $200 as opposed to $100 before. And that's the way the market looks at it. With Leo, what we actually have is the Leo that is purchased with the ad revenue is going to be distributed to the holders of Leo Power. So, Suddenly, in addition to curation, there's another layer of ROI, return on investment, being added to people who stake Leo. 6,700 times, let's say four, or 6,000 times four, let's make it easy math for me. Let's say it's 25,000 tokens 
purchase this month. That will be distributed. That's 25,000 tokens distributed to the holders of LeoPal. And it'll be based upon your Leo power as a percentage of the total Leo state. So if there's, again, I'll use stupid numbers just so it's easy. If there's 10 million Leo state and you have 100,000 Leo, that's 1% of the total. You would get 1% of the 25,000 or 250 Leo. Now I just made those numbers up. I don't know what the numbers are. I don't know what the numbers will be. The point being, this is something that those of us who've been around Leo for two years have talked about, heard about, written about, gotten excited over, and it's finally here. It'll be interesting to see what the numbers will be next week. Now, there's two components to anybody looking at this. There's the number of Leo and the USD pricing. The number of Leo could actually go down, yet the weekly ad revenue go up. Because we've already seen according to what some people are saying, about a 50% increase in the price of Leo from earlier in the week. So if this holds, that means we can expect the cost of the buys next Tuesday, roughly, to be 50% more than they were this past week. Now, If the ad revenue goes up 25%, that means you have more ad revenue buying Leo, but it still nets out less Leo. And so that's going to be an important variable for this over the next few months, actually years. Because if the price of Leo keeps going higher and higher and higher, less and less Leo will be purchased for the same amount of ad revenue. Now, obviously, we want the amount of ad revenue to keep increasing. And the ultimate will be the amount of ad revenue increases at a greater pace than the price of Leo. That would be the best thing to happen. But time will tell. I think the important variable here is that people see the plan going into effect. I feel most people, even though you tell them what's going on, even though I don't think most people are very good about projecting or forecasting or seeing into the future. And obviously, it's not an exact science. None of us have a crystal ball. But many people, they can't, they don't see it till it happens. Well, it happened. Ad revenue came in, $250, $300, whatever the number was, and it went and purchased Leo. That's sitting in the 
Leo Ads, at Leo Ads account. Anybody can go look at the wallet. We are told that smart contract is programmed to do that buy-in every seven days at different intervals so nobody can front run. To me, this is just the start of something bigger because now the community, and if somebody disagrees, drop it in the threadcast, or if you want to come on air and, and voice your viewpoint, that's fine too. To me, once the system's in place, it's up to us, the community, to grow the numbers. It's fully within our control. We control what ads we push. We control how many page views we engage in a day. We control if we click on other articles. We control if we click on threads. We control what we do. And so if the ad revenue is not growing, we can't blame the project team. We can't blame the devs. We have nobody to blame but ourselves because we are the ones who are the users. We are also the ones, and this is where we see the shift from Web 2, we are also the ones who benefit, who can benefit. And, and we talked about this a little on Cryptomaniacs. When I see the placeholder on Leo, I get upset. I want to see an ad there. And I understand why there's placeholders. There's maybe not enough ads. Maybe some ads are, are blocked on my, based upon my IP. There's a variety of different reasons. But our mindset shifts because we know most users don't like ads. And obviously, if the ads were intrusive, it, they kill the user experience. That's going to upset people. But I will tell you one thing. Users on Facebook may hate ads. Mark Zuckerberg loves ads on Facebook. On Leo, I can tell you, I love ads on Leo because I know that is potential revenue for me. Simply buy stake in Leo. And so we start to see this circular economy where if I go thread, I go write blog posts. I create more pages. There's more pages for ads to show up on. I market those pages. I go to other people's pages. Those are page views on those pages. Now, I don't know exactly the, <clears throat> the program they offer operate under, but clicks, page views, time on page, time on site, all of that can enter into these ad revenue models. And, and again, I don't know the exact ad revenue model. In fact, I would like to see what uh, in an article or a post by the Leo finance team, I would like to see them spell out what this is. I guess maybe we could go to Coinzilla and do a little research ourselves. But either way, the more we do, that's going to lead to more ad revenue in USD which means there's more USD going to buy Leo. Now, how much Leo that gets will vary based, obviously, on the USD and the market price of Leo at the time to buy. But if the USD is going up, more and more Leo in USD terms is being purchased each and every week and then rerouted, or routed, excuse me, to the holders of Leo power. 
this is a completely new model that we are witnessing, at least for Hive. Is it possible that some people will end up making more off ad revenue than they do in rewards? Time will tell. We will have to see. But I think there's great potential for that. I think there will be people who have either A, articles that somehow have found a niche that get a bunch of traffic, you know, when that phase of the smart contract goes live. But I think there's people who just through their Leo power that they stake, if this grows to $10,000 a month, $15,000 a month, $20,000 a month. And while they may sound like big numbers from 1,000 or 1,200, whatever the heck we're sitting at now, in the internet, that's nothing. $20,000 in ad revenue in a month on the internet is a drop in the bucket. I mean, that's not even a rounding error for, for the main sites. I mean, just think about you know, some of the things like ESPN.com, CNBC. You know, how much do they rake in in ad revenue each and every month? And keep in mind, they're not doing these Coinzilla-type platforms. They have designed their own ad revenue mechanisms, their, their own platforms that they incorporated into their, their applications to their sites. And ultimately, Leo's going to do that too, which then that will be based very heavily on total patriots because that shows that's how you can quantify against other websites and say, okay, these other websites charge, you know, $50 a month for a banner ad. We can charge 200 because we got four times the page views or five times the page views or whatever. So to me, this is the onset of something that I think very, very big for people involved in Leo and ultimately for people who are involved in Hive. Um, Nifty, you got any thoughts on that since you also, you're on the mic? Um, what are your thoughts on the ad revenue by going live and what's your thoughts on the ad revenue project in general? Yeah, man. One second. Sorry. Had a call come in at the same time I was unmuting. Um, yeah, I I think it's incredible. Uh, it, it's something that's been talked about for a long time, and, and to finally see it start coming to life is amazing. Um, you know, if we want it to really grow, we, we have to do our part. If you do see ads, uh, maybe consider giving them a click. Browse around the page a little bit, whatever, uh, and click off. But, you know, the more organic clicks and stuff like that, that the ads do get, that's just basically more Leo power back at, back to you at the end of the day. So, you know, <laughs> click a couple ads. Um, and as we see this scale and grow, I'm sure it will have – positive impacts on the price of Leo and, you know, overall make and Leo uh, an even better platform uh, for people to come create, consume content, uh, you know, better than it already is. So love to see it. 
Yeah, I think one of the main advantages to this and the novelty of it, and when I say novelty, I'm not saying that it novelty in terms of it'll wear off or something like that, that it's just new. Uh, I'm talking new in the sense of a, maybe paradigm's a little bit too, too strong a word, but it's basically a paradigm shift from other models we've seen out there. And the fact that everybody can share in the revenue that's generated and that we have direct input. I mean, there's an easy way to see a correlation between the actions I take on in Leo.io and what ultimately gets generated each week or each month, however you're looking at it, in ad revenue. And then I can also correlate that to what's going on in my wallet. So if I do nothing and ad revenue's down, I cannot bitch and moan because I didn't do my part. Now, obviously, one person is not going to carry the whole load. Obviously, there's mechanisms in place to prevent abuse and people don't need to go and just start clicking every ad they see 10 times a day. I mean, that don't, don't be stupid. But if you see an ad, it's a new ad, you haven't seen it before, maybe give it a click. But I also think that part of the value we're seeing now is that now we can start to project to the next phase or two phases down the road, which will increase this to a great degree by the development team developing their own ad platform, by being able to go to companies and say, okay, you pay us, I'll pick out a number, 300 bucks for a month worth of banner ads or 300 bucks worth a week worth of banner ads. And from what Cal said on one of the AMAs, that literally 10 X is your revenue compared to what, you know, these Coinzilla things and, and stuff do, because obviously Coinzilla is taking the lion's share of, of the money, which you would expect. I mean, that's how they, they do these things. So I think the people who realize that this is just the start and there's going to be more phases to, to this particular aspect of things, that's only going to be me more money. And that's what it comes down to. That's what I think the appeal is to Web3, is how can we get involved? How can we have control of our financial future? How can our activities result in monetization? And Historically on Hive, it's you write an article, you get upvotes, seven days later, you get paid. And then it's done. And if you don't write any more articles, you don't get any more upvotes, you don't get any more money. Well, now this is adding an entirely new mechanism with just by holding Leo power, you get paid. And then the next phase, which I'm not sure where that stands. I don't know. Maybe you know, Nifty. The next phase is going to be evergreen content. And when that contract goes live, that whatever clicks in total, your stuff, your, your body of work on Leo, whatever that accumulates over, again, let's say a month period of time, you get, I think it's 50%. I might be mistaken on that. I think whatever it is, if you generate, I don't know, $200, you get a hundred and the platform gets a hundred. 
So it just keeps feeding that same engine. And I don't know why people aren't just over the moon with this. What are your thoughts, Nifty? Well, like you said, it's phase one. This is this is kind of like discovery phase. This is minimum viable product. We have ad revenue, you know, being generated. We have it being distributed to Leo Power holders, not just Leo Power holders, but active Leo Power holders. You can't just stake a hundred thousand, you know, Leo Power and and just leave it sitting there for three years and earn. No, it, you have to have an active stake. You have to be curating. You have to be upvoting. You have to, you know. Uh, be doing some kind of activity to to be eligible for those ad rewards. And then, you know, the next phase of this is, well, now we need to scale up the user base, which is already in the works. I mean, you know, we've had month over month increases in users on Inleo. Uh, scale up the user base and then, you know, things will look a lot different when we have 10,000 people on the platform every day. Then we can, you know, then Inleo can go and approach these different, you know, Web3 platforms or, or NFT projects or crypto projects or whatever that, that may want to purchase ad space. And then they have a value proposition. Right now, no one's going to pay for, you know, a thousand people to maybe see their ad. It's just not feasible. But when you start talking about 10,000 plus people, that's when you, you start having something worth you know, offering ad space on. And yeah, this is just, this is the beginning. And, and, you know, I I don't have any inside info on the evergreen rewards. I wish I did, but it all comes down to driving more people to the platform. And at the end of the day, everything we do that, that does that is going to reward us in some kind of way, which is pretty amazing because, you know, X is only going to pay you if you hit 5 million impressions, so good fucking luck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it, I see people on Hive sitting there talking about uh, their X pursuit and trying to get their X rewards up, and I'm, I just say to myself, what are you doing? But anyway, uh, there's another piece to this puzzle, Nifty, that I wanted to add and get your feedback on because maybe I'm I'm self-absorbed and arrogant and focused on myself. But Leo Glossary has right now 3789 posts. That's 3789 pages. Every single one of the Leo Glossary pages was done through the Leo front end. Nothing was done through any other UI. So this is all canonical, canonical, canonical uh, pages where Leo gets the credit, the weight. That's 3,789 pages that can have ads on. Now, Leo Glossary also, as the term says, is a glossary. And using the Wikipedia or Investopedia type forming, formula, all those pages have links in them to other Leo Glossary pages. So it was designed as a reference center, a resource, where people are looking for information, they can come 
get on a page. They can find out their information. And then, of course, with the links, they go to other Leo pages that have information on them. We started with finance, cryptocurrency business. We've now delved into music. We've delved a lot into movies. Uh, pages are being built of different feature films. Pages are being built of different actors and actresses and being linked together, kind of like an IMDb. My point being is not to talk so much about Leo Glossary, but to use this as an example of how we are dealing with a digital cooperative. And the fact that there's 3,789 pages under this account, yes, the evergreen content will go to that account. But that's only half of the money. The other half of the evergreen, and don't hold me to this, but I believe this is how it works. Half of the evergreen goes to the user, the the one who originated the content. The other half goes into the general ad revenue pool. Plus, then you have, of course, the regular ad revenues, where if there's an ad and somebody clicks on it and goes through and all that other good stuff, um, you know, maybe that's tied to the evergreen content. I don't know. Again, I don't know what the the contract is with Coinzilla, whether there's just a straight click through, whether there's some page views that in, in, apply to this. I, I don't know how all of that uh, is is written, but we do know that when we get to the phase where it's Leo creating their own ads, that'll be tied to page views and the number of people hitting those pages. Well, let's say a Leo glossary page gets 5,000 views. You know, it's just, it it ranks in a search engine, gets 5,000 views. That's money that gets paid. At least a portion of that's going to go into the general ad revenue pool. That's the key because it doesn't matter who, generates it. It doesn't matter who's getting the clicks. Yes, it matters for the evergreen portion. Good for them. But everybody else is benefiting from all this totality of information of all these pages that are out there. So the bigger we make this iceberg, I like to use the iceberg uh, idea of the bigger the iceberg, the, the easier it is for the Google Titanic to run into it. And the more pages, the bigger your site, the bigger it is, the more that that Google and and the other search engines can find you, which then obviously, hopefully that translates into more traffic. And the links, once they find your page with the links, maybe one out of 10 will click through to a second, a third or a fourth page. And that's where I see the real value coming from is nobody is in this alone. And like you said, when you start to look at YouTube, when you start to look at Twitter and the way I understand it, I say I understand because I'm not an expert on it, but from what I understand, you got a YouTube channel, you get X number of subscribers, X number of hours viewed, you can apply, you get approved, and then you start getting paid. Every other YouTube user has Nothing on that. But with this, I start getting paid off of my content. Well, 
that's all well and good for me, but a portion of that is going into the general ad revenue fund, which is being distributed to every single Leo Power staker. So to me, that is the major difference. And that's where this idea of a digital cooperative comes in, where it's like everybody has a vested interest to increase what is taking place because we all have a financial stake and now an avenue for the financial rewards. What are your thoughts on that, Nifty? Yeah, I mean, you just broke it down. Like everything converges back to, and in terms of revenue generated from ads, is going to converge back into that that pool that is ultimately going to be spread around to every active Leo Power holder, which is incredibly powerful. I mean, if people don't realize the power of that, I mean, just, just go create content, keep doing what you're doing. Maybe, maybe pay more attention to SEO in your content. You know, if you want to try to bring in more page views, cool, do that. But the more we have people out there paying attention to what they're driving to the platform, the better for everybody. Uh, it's all, it, it's a collective. And I said this the other day on a space, I don't know which one, but uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. And this is that, uh, you know, you make great content, you earn ad revenue for the protocol, you earn ad revenue for yourself. And then everybody else gets a little share of that as well, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, let, let's go with the absurd. <clears throat> let's say 10 million Leo estate. Let's take $1 million and $10 million. Now, $1 million in ad revenue. And again, I know these numbers are absurd, but I'm using them for simple math. $1 million in ad revenue means each Leo power token gets 10 cents. $10 million means that each Leo power token gets $1. Does it matter what moved it from $1 million to $10 million? No. What matters is you just went from $0.10 cents to $1. Now, obviously the numbers we're dealing with, especially right now, are nowhere near that level. But that's the point when you start to look at it in these terms. What is happening is not so individualistic. Although we are dependent upon individual activity, we are dependent upon the actions of individuals. But the value capture and the monetary capture is on the collective. So if we are sitting here saying, and I'm going to be writing an article about this, but if we are sitting here saying that we have 500,000 views a month, page views, which that's about what we're running, our task is to get that to 2 million. How do we do that? We press more pages. We get more pages up. 
we link our pages in different ways. We take our pages, we take our posts, we take our articles, and we put it out on Twitter. We put it on Facebook. We maybe SEO it. We maybe write about a niche that we can get some search engine ranking. And of course, when one page gets high ranking, that helps every other page. Not a great deal unless you're ranking number one in like cryptocurrency or in, you know, something major like that, uh, IBM or whatever. But the more we do in this area, the more it benefits every single other page. And this is the mindset I think people have. And I believe this is the future of Web3 because this is what's going to breed loyalty. Web3 is going to be an abundance of networks. They're going to be all over the place. Web2 is an abundance of information on scarce networks. You got Facebook, you got, and the family of Facebook, you got Twitter, you got Google, you got Amazon, you got the silos. That's what Web2 is. It's a siloed internet. So you go on to Twitter you're there with Elon's permission. You go on to Facebook, you're there with Zuckerberg's permission. They decide to revoke that permission, you're gone. Your digital, your digital existence just ceased, at least in, in that, on that platform. But the networks with blockchain, with decentralized databases, I mean, we've seen Bitcoin forked how many times? We've seen Ethereum forked how many times? We saw Steam for how many times? We see more networks being developed each and every day. You know, more stuff is being rolled out. So networks are all over the place. But what's going to be scarce in that world? It's going to be the loyalty. It's going to be the dedication. It's going to be the attention economy, where people choose to focus their attention. Now, if you have a stake in Hyde, you have a stake in Leo, you are getting benefit financial in addition to other means, information, entertainment, engagement, social, whatever. You are getting many of your needs met. Why are you going to go look elsewhere? You aren't. Your vested interest is there. And I think, and we'll see how it unfolds, but I think Leo is starting to lay that foundation of that loyalty, of that dedication from the users, because they're setting up a way for people to have a financial stake in the success of the platform. Hive obviously has this to a degree with the base layer coin. But with Leo, we're starting to see more and more layers being implemented, <clears throat> which, by the way, is good for Hive. I'm not saying that it's a Leo versus Hive. I don't buy into that. If you're on Hive, anything that's built on Hive feeds into it in some way, shape, or form. But my point is, we are going to start to see the idea of being a lion, 
means something, in my opinion, because if we start to provide the information and other things that people need, if people can go to, let's say, threads and get their news, if people can go and get their knowledge or their information about a particular topic through the long form post. And granted, we need better search and stuff like that, especially on long form. But if people can start to find that and they have a vested interest and because by going and reading that information, reading that article, they're increasing the money they get in return from the ad revenue. Why would you go mess with anything else? Now, obviously, we're, we're a long way from that because the amount of information, just using that one area, let alone entertainment and other things, but the amount of information is rather sparse at this point. But the community is small. But what if we have, I don't know, I'll make up a number, 50,000. 50,000 people. With 50,000 people posting threads and long-form content, now you have a vast amount of information flowing through. You're covering a lot of niches. You're covering a lot of mainstream stuff. And especially on threads, you're probably getting a lot of news because some people are going to be posting sports scores. Some people are going to be posting politics stuff. Some people are going to be posting crypto stuff. Some people are going to be posting market stuff. Some people are going to be posting stuff about automobiles, movies, whatever it is. People have their own interests, but you start to get 50,000 people who have 50, you know, that's 50,000 people with different interests, all posting about what their interests are. Now, all of a sudden, especially if you have filtering and search and stuff like that and proper tagging and things of that nature, now I can log on. And now all of a sudden I see the latest news, if that's what I'm interested in. Now I see the scores of, of last night's EPL game or NBA games, or Major League Baseball games, or whatever. And that's why I always use that term resource. Because once you become a resource, and and to their credit, Twitter did a great job of this. And and Elon bought into it, understanding Twitter became the go-to source for news for most people. They don't wait around for the nightly news anymore. They don't log on to CNN uh, you know, on their television or go to CNN.com, they go to Twitter. And, you know, to be honest with you, you can't avoid it. You just look at the trending page and you start to see, you know, whatever. So this is where I think the numbers on Leo can get very, very impressive, very, very quick. But it's up to us to do that. And, That requires dedication, that requires commitment, and it requires an understanding of why you're doing what you're doing. And most people, unfortunately, tend not to take that approach from my observation. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong people. Anyway, uh, Nifty, you have an announcement, unless you want to comment on what I just said or add to it and then roll into your announcement. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I I really don't have anything to add, man. You hit it on the head. I mean, at the end of the day, the more activity we drive on the platform and and Hive as a whole, the better for everybody. Uh, 
pump the numbers, drive activity, and uh, yeah, everybody's going to be happy at the end of the day. Uh, but kind of leading into my announcement uh, regarding numbers. So I run a, a project called GM Friends, and it stands for Good Morning Friends. And it's been running uh, since the inception of Threads on Leo Finance back in the day. It uh, feels like a long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. Um, and basically, it's a it's a social experiment token uh, project where you can use a specific tag on threads and earn 6.9 GM tokens. And previously, those tokens were distributed on the Wax blockchain. But due to some changes and things that uh, transpired with the project, uh, we had to kind of shift directions a little bit. So... Uh, we have burned 35 million GM tokens on Wax and migrated those to Hive Engine. So now uh, our bot is live. And, you know, of course, it still does the comments when someone uses the tag, but it also distributes GM tokens. So uh, if you want to get involved, you can use the hashtag GMFRENS uh, on threads and earn some GM tokens. Uh, we're going to be doing couple different things with these. Uh, I don't want to say too much yet, but staking is going to be a thing uh, and maybe even delegation down the line um, as funding permits. But yeah, so that's live now. Uh, GM everyone and go GM all the friends because at the end of the day, that's activity and activity breeds ad revenue and, you know, it's all circular. So yeah, use the tag, earn some tokens. Yeah, I think uh, that also brings up another point of conversation. You took this, in, how, how did this form? Because you took this initiative on your own, and this is separate from Leo Finance or from the Leo team. How did this come about? Why don't you give a little background on that, Nifty? Yeah, so it, it's totally separate from anything in Leo related. Uh, this is my personal project that I launched. And the reason this came about, I, I think uh, it originated as I was making jokes about there needed to be a liquidity pool for GMs and GNs. Uh, I don't know. It was it was like an inside joke. That kind of turned into, okay, well, what if you could actually earn some tokens for just telling people to have a good day um, or, or share something with a specific tag? And I was like, you know, it would be really cool to build a, um, a cross-blockchain project, uh, and I'm not a developer. So, you know, it was quite a task for me to kind of put it together. But I won't say names. I had some help from some amazing Hivers. Uh, shout out to you guys that helped put this all together for me and, you know, not for me, but with me. Um, and, you know, it's, it's evolved a lot. It started as literally just, uh, you use the tag, you earn some tokens on the wax blockchain and that's it. But it slowly evolved into, okay, well now you can spend those tokens to mint NFTs. Okay, cool. You get these NFTs. Well, now you can stake these NFTs and earn more tokens. And, you know, we've got blendable NFTs. Um, there, there's a lot of things you can do with NFTs on the Wax blockchain, which is why I, you know, 
uh, created the token over there initially. Uh, there's not really a lot of tools for stuff like that on WAC, uh, on a uh, hive rather. So, you know, slight shift in directions. We're uh, still cross blockchain, of course. We've got NFTs and uh, tokens both on Hive and Wax now. So I wanted to create this project as a way to encourage people to use threads because in the beginning, you know, a lot of people were on the fence about short form content on Hive. Uh, a lot of people are still on the fence about that. Um, but that was a way for me to to help the platform drive a little bit of engagement and not really add another token to the platform. It's totally separate. Yeah, and I think it's also living proof of something I mention quite frequently. And it's the idea of building. And, yeah, you did something technical. You have a little bit of technical background, and you, you said you got a little help, a lot of help and a lot of guidance from those who are more technically inclined than you. But building on Hive doesn't require necessarily building something technical. Keep in mind, this is a decentralized text database. And what Nifty did is Nifty did something outside the Leo team. He's not part of the Leo team, at least in regards with this project. He did it on its own. He said it was an experiment. It was something that kind of started, I guess, a little tongue-in-cheek and extended from there. And that's the point. You know, it's a value-add to the Leo community. It's something for people on Leo to utilize. And it had nothing to do with the Leo team. Now, what if we had 500 different projects like that, that are outside the Leo team that were started by 500 different community members, all doing whatever it is that interests them that they offered up to Leo, all of a sudden, you have a thriving platform because maybe Leo Glossary isn't your thing. You don't care. Maybe GM Friends isn't your thing. You don't care. But maybe there's something else that user ABC set up that you say, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And that's what you utilize. And then there's something else somebody else set up that is on Leo that other people say, that's awesome. That's what creates the robustness of an ecosystem. That's what turns Leo from a platform to an ecosystem where you have people who can come to a permissionless area and build what they want. I didn't need to get permission for Leo Glossary from either Leo team or Hive Witnesses. It's permissionless. I can post whatever I want. The only contingency is I need enough resource credits. This is a point I keep trying to drive home to people. That's where you start to see exponential value. When you start to see 
dozens and dozens and dozens of people building different projects on top of Leo, feeding into Leo. There is a value for GM friends. I don't know what it is, but there's a value. It's a value add to the Leo platform. So what Nifty built and the people who are using it, they are adding value to Leo. Now, the market may not capture it. The market may not capture it for two years. I mean, markets do what markets do, as I always say. But there's more value being created by GM friends. Now, Nifty may have a roadmap over the next six to 12 months that may even go and add greater value. I know I have a roadmap for Leo Glossary over the next six to 12 months that I expect to add even greater value. So whether it's information, whether it's engagement, whether it's entertainment, all of these things are important because that's what garners attention. Can you focus and create something in those areas? On Leo, using, if you have technical skills, your technical skills. If you don't have technical skills, using a decentralized database. Can you set up a community? Leo utilizes the hive layer community system. You can set up a community. Each community has its own threads. So you can put a thread in the latest feed. You can post a thread, link it to your community. There it is in your community. What can you do with pictures? What can you do with video? What can you do with some of these other things? We've seen the ability to embed with premium membership streams. We've seen the ability to embed YouTube videos. That adds a completely different media layer to threat to Leo and to threads than we had before. These are some of the things that are the evolution of what we're talking about. Nifty, there is a, well, let me go through some of this. Uh, Brando, 28. Hey, where are all the comments just tuned in? Yeah, it's quiet today. Uh, Hope Stylus, it's so good to be on space. I almost missed this again, but I didn't. Glad you're here. Hope Stylus does have a question for you, Nifty. About the GM friends, I was asked to link up a wallet at a time. Is that still needed? Yes and no. Uh, if you previously linked your wallet, you're good to go. If not, you're you're more than fine. I, I'm pretty sure you've been uh, involved for a while now, so you don't have anything additional to do. Um, we are we are slowly uh, migrating the requirements um, away from having to have a wax wallet uh, to earn the tokens. So uh, that was the requirement in the beginning, not so much anymore. Uh, we're, we're working on um, making some changes and updating some docs for that. So thanks for pointing that out. I'm glad you knew what she was talking about. I had no idea, honestly, but that's okay. Um, Nifty and I have run on at the mouth. Would anyone like to jump on here and share anything about what we've either discussed or if you have your own Hive-related news, information, topics you want to discuss, we are open to that. If not, we can uh, 
start thinking about shutting this down. So if you would like to come on air and speak, just send me the speaker request or the chat request or whatever the heck they call it. And we'll get you on there to hear your views or thoughts. Somebody just put an order to sell 30% of their BTC, which is at 37.2 at 40K. Time to take some profit, never a bad idea. Uh, Nifty, hope stylist came back with a response. I didn't link mine then. Will that be a problem? No worries. Uh, just use the tag and... Uh... I'll uh, I'll keep an eye out for it. Uh, we we literally launched the bot yesterday, so there could be issues. Uh, it's kind of in test mode, but kind of not. It is live, so use the tag, uh, and you should get some tokens within a couple hours of using the tag. There is a delay, uh, and if not, just just DM me on a Discord or or tag me on Threads or wherever, and uh, I'll get you hooked up. Thanks for testing it. So. If you use the uh, GM friends tag, now the tokens show up in your Hive Engine wallet. Is that correct? Yep, yep. So we uh, migrated half, a little bit over half the supply um, from Wax over to Hive Engine uh, by burning. So, yeah, those are in a wallet called GM-Bank, and they get sent out uh, after, after the comment bot responds and validates the comment. Uh, then the secondary bot goes ahead and sends those tokens. So it is working. I, I see a few transactions right now. So use the tag, test it for me. Uh, the more people that use it, the better. Now, what about people who had the tokens in their Wax wallet? It, can that be brought over to Hive Engine? In a perfect world, yes. As of now, no, because, again, I am not a developer, so that's going to have to be built. Um, haven't quite figured out how I'm, how I want to handle that yet, but that's something that'll come soon. Uh, for now, if you want to use your wax tokens, you can use those for blending NFTs, uh, buying NFTs, um, stuff like that. Um, but currently they will not be able to be moved between chains because that just, that capability does not exist yet. Gotcha. So you would have to build the bridge. Understood. Yeah, so, and I think so, uh, I think with VSC, uh, there's going to be some some uh, bridge solutions that that come out. So that's something we may look into down the road. But uh, yeah, again, I'm not a developer, so if anybody is a Hive dev that wants to step up and and help, see if they can figure that out. Uh, I have a tiny tiny budget. Uh, I can pay you in GMs. <laughs> Brando28 said there are buy orders on Hive Engine for GM already. There you go. People I'd love to see it, but I do not advise buying it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, again, here's another thing that I found and I learned firsthand with Leo Glossary, and I find it to be very interesting. And that's, this is why I always encourage people just to start. If you have a project, if you have an idea in mind, if you have something that you want to do, just get started. 
And you can sit there, forget, leaving aside the nonsense of excuses and stuff like that, which typically people sabotage themselves with. There's also, well, the technology is not available or the, the Hive doesn't do this or Hive doesn't do that. And I learned this with Leo Glossary. Nifty just basically uh, reaffirmed it with, with his project and, and BSC. Just because the technology or something doesn't exist today doesn't mean it won't be here in three months or six months. Part of what I have planned for the movie section of Leo Glossary is decentralized polling. Well, decentralized polling exists on threads, but decentralized polling doesn't exist on long form. I need decentralized polling on long form. If I allow that to stop me and wait till that comes, I might be waiting six months. So it's very interesting to see in this world of Web3, digital, blockchain, uh, et cetera, et cetera, that a lot of times what you need shows up down the road because we are riding a technological wave. There's, you know, we'll keep it Hive specific. The Hive developers, they're doing stuff. Certain project teams, Leo, again, since we were talking that, but Ecency, Peak D, you know, a bunch of different teams are doing their own development. VSC and Voltex doing his stuff. And in terms of infrastructure, in terms of tools, in terms of stuff to utilize, there may be a lot. In fact, there will be a lot more stuff to use six or nine months down the road as compared to today. And what you need today may not be available, but it may be available then. So don't let that stop you because we don't know what what tools are going to be available down the road. Yeah, and related to that, when I spawned the idea of my project, and again, I don't want to talk about my project in the terms that it's something amazing. No, it's it's just something that I've created and I've put a lot of time and, and thought and blood, sweat, and tears into, uh, literally driving myself nuts trying to make it work. Uh, but, you know, I did all of that with an idea. Um, and literally was doing everything manually. I had no idea at the beginning how I was going to manage to distribute these tokens to people using the tag. I was literally scrolling through every 24 hours worth of threads and and writing it down and and doing individual token transfers when I started this thing. So it's been a long road, uh, but that's, that's part of it. Just start your project. You don't have to be a dev. Just start doing the thing people will come to help you if they see value in what you're doing. Agree. I, I agree a thousand percent. Brando put a comment. I wonder if users realize what a bargain premium is or is going to be if Hive and Leo keep going up like this. Brando, what you're touching upon uh I did an article the other day about this. And basically, I equated it to the Amazon model. And what really caught my attention is Amazon purchased a healthcare provider about six, seven months ago. And part of the deal with this healthcare provider is it costs, I forget how much a month, let's say 15 bucks a month. Now, 
what they decided to do is anybody with Amazon Prime membership got their subscription to the healthcare provider reduced from, again, $15 a month to like $7 a month. So suddenly Amazon Prime has more value because they're adding a completely unrelated service, healthcare services, membership to a healthcare services platform for a reduced price. Now, you think about what Amazon does with Prime. Amazon has Prime has free shipping. It has, in some areas, same-day delivery. It has the ability to put the package in your garage or whatever. Amazon Prime has Amazon, I forget what they call it, TV or whatever, Prime Video, I, I think it is. Prime Video. They got Amazon Music. They have, you know, a bunch of other things related to Amazon Prime. And the point that I'm making is if you are a user of Amazon services with all these different options to start, A, you'd be probably a horse's ass not to get the Prime membership. Because if you do any type of ordering, you're going to save it just in the free shipping. Then if you watch, you know, a few videos, and I don't know what Prime membership costs. I'll say it costs, let's say, let's say it costs $15. Prime. I think they charge yearly, don't they? It's like a hundred, maybe it's only. I think it's twelve to thirteen dollars a month, or like a hundred dollars for a year, something like that. Okay, so so let's even say it's fifteen dollars a month. Well, think about it in these contexts. You you got whatever I said, seven or eight dollars for this health thing that you save on. You have Amazon Prime TV, which is. You know, what are, t- what are streaming subscriptions? 10 bucks, 12 bucks. So you got 10, 12 bucks there. You got Amazon Music. Now, I don't know how this ranks with Spotify or Pandora or any of them, but Spotify, Pandora are going to be 10, 12 bucks a month. You know, you start adding all these different components together, and it's like you get three, four, five, six hundred $600 worth of value for your, what Nifty just said, let's say 100 bucks a month. Again, you're foolish not to take it if you're a user of Amazon services. That is part one of what we need to do with premium is we need to keep adding utility. We need to keep adding features that it gets to the point where if they are not there, Brando, where they're saying it's a bargain right now, they soon will be. The second piece of this, you may not give a shit about music. You may not give a crap about video, but you do order a lot of stuff and you do have a chip to you. So now that hooks you because you say, I'm going to get my $100 back by saving just the shipping cost. Maybe you don't buy a lot of stuff from Amazon. You shop at Walmart, so you're not an Amazon purchaser, but you do like their, 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 their video selection. You do like, like some of the stuff that they put on their, their video platform. So to you, it's worth a hundred bucks a month, eight eight dollars a month just for the video. Now to somebody else, maybe it's the music. The other second piece to this is with premium. 
you need enough different features and, and, and tools to it that you start to hook people in different ways. And one of the things that I keep threading and Cal keeps responding with soon, and I have no idea what he's planning, but we know the big thing today, the big buzzword is AI. We know it's, I don't even know the term nifty. Maybe it's just chatbot. Let's use the term chatbot. You know, all these chatbot type things for images and, and you know, open AI and, and, and Bing images and Bard and Claude and, you know, you name it and all this stuff that's out there. That certainly has people's attention. And Elon is, is charging $16 a month to use Grok on top of the, I don't even know what he charges for, for his Twitter blue, seven, 10 bucks, whatever he charges for that. What if we had some AI capabilities built into Leo that were available to premium? Now, I'm not saying a full-blown AI neural net uh, type thing like OpenAI or, or Grok. You know, obviously that's dealing with high-end stuff. But could there be certain AI features in the area of, I don't know, search? You know, I, 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 that's what I call these chatbots, glorified search. So to replicate certain things such as that, could it be certain features tied to imaging, images? Certain things in this area where all of a sudden, now it's like for the same 10 HBD, it's like, well, now you get the ability to do this. And if we keep thinking in this term, in, in these terms, in addition to what we went on about with the ad revenue, what if we got to the point where, I don't know, let's pick a round number. Let's say 5,000 premium users at 10 HBD apiece, that's 50,000 HBD a month, 25,000 HBD buy-in, so roughly $25,000 buy-in Hive, $25,000 buy-in Leo. The 50,000 in those tokens goes right into the permanent, go into the liquidity pool and are locked in there as permanent liquidity. I mean, just think of that. So now in addition to everything else we talked about with Leo ads, now you have $25,000 buying Leo off the open market. Uh, that is another value add. And so I, I can't stress enough. I keep seeing this circular economy forming right before our eyes. And I don't know why everybody's just not on the, uh, on the top of, of, on any application screaming about because it's like, and I guess people are not going to see it till it happens. That's typically how it works, but there's going to be a lot of people who've loaded up on Leo power sitting there who are going to be very happy campers because all of a sudden it's like, where'd all this money come from? Where'd all the purchasing come from? Where'd all the buy demand come from? And you know what we haven't mentioned at all? FOMO. At a certain point in time, FOMO kicks off in the markets that just takes whatever numbers we're talking about and makes them absurd. 
I don't know if you want to comment on that, Nifty. I'll read through some of these comments. Well, I mean, it's all about it's all about driving that activity, and FOMO is going to be something that that it does eventually hit. You know, I think people are not necessarily shouting from the rooftop about this stuff because, like you say, it's not it's here, but it's not making enough of an impact for your average user to be like, oh, shit, this is the new thing. I, I don't know that we're there yet, but we'll, we'll eventually get to that point, and then it's off to the races as far as, you know, the limits. There are no limits. This is stuff that's never been done before. Leading-edge technology that's that's never been available before uh, that's being created here that's, that's going to power the future of Web3, in my opinion. So... Yeah, and I, I want to see this before I forget it, just so it's on the record. An idea for a uh, for an AI feature would be maybe uh, a way for users, and this is for premium, maybe a way for users to auto generate like a thumbnail for their long form content uh, as if they're a premium subscriber. That just popped into my head. Had to go ahead and get it out there before I forgot. Yeah, stuff like that I think would be great built into the UI and uh, then, uh, you know, people can do more stuff with their content creation by incorporating some of these AI tools that can make make the product that is being built by individuals take it up a notch. And uh, that just helps everything. Uh, to go through the comments and then we got another uh, speaker. Uh, so we will get to that. Brando, that's very good advice, Nifty. I don't know what he was referring to, but Nifty, you gave him good advice. Uh, Neo, chilling mode. Neo, from you, it's not chilling. All episodes of This Week in Hive, you can find here. He dropped a link to the playlist. Nifty does, uh, Nifty, Neo does a great job of grabbing our spaces. He turns them into posts. He puts them up on I think he puts them on three speak also, but he certainly puts them on the YouTube channel that he has. Uh, I think it's Neo talks web three. So we're much appreciative of that. He just grabs the information and puts it out there. And so you can, people can share it and see it and extend the reach. Brando. Yes. With the current features and upcoming features, we do get more value than we might realize some directly, some by proxy, some that is, Uncountable, like getting noticed, for example, but it all adds up. Yes, uh, he's referring to the premium, of course. Again, as always, thank you all for coming. We will be back next week. And in the meantime, we'll see you on the blockchain. Ciao.